What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. What's up, you guys? Victoria Brown here, and we are going to dive all the way into this week's episode of the Very Best Self Podcast. So today I have Jamie on. She is at Organically Jamie on Instagram. And so this episode is all about how to manifest your best dream life. Okay. So she is an expert in meditation, breath work, moon work, Reiki, um, and manifestation. And so this episode is just, we're going to dive all the way into what exactly manifestation means, uh, and how we can step into our future selves and connect with our future selves. So, uh, I'm not going to talk anymore about this intro because I feel like we really just need to jump into the conversation. Uh, because there's just so much goodness in there. And Jamie was just like, so awesome. So, uh, let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome back. You guys, I am excited for this episode. I feel like I say that every time, but the thing is like, I have such incredible guests on and I really do get like this, like joyous, like just really excited feeling, uh, before these, these interviews. And, uh, so today I have Jamie on and you are organically Jamie on Instagram, which I absolutely love and adore. Um, so you are someone who helps people remove blocks to live their best lives through conversation, meditation, breath work, a moon work, and Ricky, OMG, all of the fun stuff that I just love and geek out talking about. So um, I'm excited to have you on today, Jamie. I'm super excited to be on because I love to geek out and talk about all those things. It's my favorite conversation to be having. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, I think the the place I want to start with this conversation is like the thing that I know the least about, but I am so the most curious about, which is uh, moon work. I know that there's like so much that goes on with the cycles of the moon and how we feel and our energies. And I remember, you know, I had an ex-boyfriend, this is a small tangent, but whose mother was super into the moon and she would like literally only pick vegetables out of her garden, like based on certain phases of the moon. And I always thought this was like the coolest, quirkiest, like neatest thing. Cause I think there's a lot of truth. Well, it's actually real. It's it's oh, real. Yeah, it's yeah. biodynamic. It's biodynamic farming, and a lot of wine does, and a lot of different things do it. And it has to do with like, obviously, like where the energy of the sky, even like with the water, right? Like the way the moon is, it totally affects the tide, right? And so it's like, and we're all water, right? So we have to know that the different cycles of the moon are going to affect us, right? And the basic thing that how I think moon work is really important. What I think about actually is great about moon work is is that you don't even have to know anything. You don't even have to believe in it, right? But if you actually do, what happens is, is that there's a new moon and a full moon, right? We're just going to go super basic, right? There's a new moon and a full moon every month. It's a two-week cycle from new moon to full moon, right? And basically, every time you're going to be thinking about a new moon, it's all about like what intentions. It's when you plant the seeds, going back to the farmers. It's when they planted the seeds, right? And so you're putting in all these seeds and you're, and you're putting in these intentions of what it is that you want to create. And it links then to the full moon. Why? Because the full moon is a time for you to see all the things that are going to stop you 
from being able to allow those seeds to actually grow and prosper. And so it works together. And so when you are in, and then each moon is in a different sign, right? And so all the different signs are different aspects of us, right? And we all have it somewhere. And I'm not an astrologer, but like if you get your chart done, you'll see that you have all the different aspects of you. I think it's almost impossible. Maybe it is impossible. Maybe it is possible. But like you usually have like almost every sign in your chart somewhere, right? So we all have these different facets of us. And if you're not even going into your individual chart, but you're in moon work, it's like, okay, well, there's all these different things I need to work on in a year long cycle, right? And so what the moons do is it makes me very consciously say, even if I don't believe in them, here I am, I'm in Pisces. Okay. So what is that? This is like the dreamer. This is like the wanderer. This is the one who doesn't need to know like all that, all the details, right? Because if I have to know all the details, sometimes when I'm trying to manifest and create, I'm so far away from where I need to go that I don't want to do anything. I feel like, oh, I can't manifest. I can't do it. But welcome in this beautiful Piscean energy. And that's the dreamer. That's the one that's saying wander, you know, don't get lost on details. Don't try to figure it all out. It's go into a meditation and just sort of listen and see what possibilities are. Go on little weird tangents that make no sense that you would never even necessarily do, but there might be a nugget of information for you to, to be heard by you. Right. And so like, that's the actual energy of this new moon. And then with the full moon, you're always working with the sun in one side and then the moon in the other, and you're dealing with like the shadowy sides. And so there are things that come up for you. The idea of the, the, the full moons are often like it's this bright light in the sky, right? And what is that doing? It's shining on you. And what is that shining on? Shining on so many of the things that we like to like push down that we sort of like have this little whisper, but we're like, okay, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Like, oh, I don't really hear that. Right. But really what that does when we don't acknowledge it is that whisper is constantly there and we're never dealing with it. So for full moon work, what's so beautiful is that you actually can ignore it. Often what happens is that bubbling little whisper becomes a shout, right? And it's super, super clear what's happening, especially if you're having a meditation practice and you're working around that and you're dealing with what the specific moon is, right? So then that comes to the surface. And then from that, you can understand, well, how can I move this? How can I see this differently? How can I um, have a different perspective over what is happening here? How can I allow myself to be okay with this part of me, right? How can I see all the gifts that I got because of it? And then how can I also manage it differently now that I don't longer need it in that way, right? And then there'll be all the different parts of the moon throughout the year. So what winds up doing is it makes you consciously pay attention to what do I want to create? What is stopping me from creating that? What do I want to create? What is stopping me from creating that? At month after month after month after month and seeing the different parts as to like what this part of you and is stopping you from it and like why this part of you is stopping it. So it becomes like a much more conscious experience, which is part of why we meditate. We want to understand like we, I 100% believe that we all can have the life of our dreams. I really do. I've, do, I've worked with thousands of women and they, they all can do it, but it's consciously choosing different decisions. It's constantly being aware of your habits and your patterns so that you can do things differently. And it's uncomfortable, right? So a lot of times during like the full moons, people will be like, I'm so miserable. Like the moon made me crazy or the moon made me emotional. It's like, no, it didn't. It just, that, that thought, that feeling was already there, but it got brought up to the surface. Yeah. And it got brought up to the surface for your awareness so that you can now clean it and clear it and use it so that it can actually be something that's helpful for you as opposed to something that whispers and hinders you down. So that's kind of like a quick little 
about like the moons and why they're so important and why um, they're just beautiful like anchor points for us to constantly be in um, the conversation of what is it do, that I want? What do yeah. I want? You know, and, and what can I do to get that? I love that. And I mean, for someone who's, let's say, very, very interested in, for the listeners out there who are interested in this and they believe in like, you know, the way they feel in a full moon and, and manifestation and then how, you know, the new moon brings in this new, newness in their lives. Is there, how do you really get, dive into that? How do you, cause there's so much information on the internet. Is there an app that you like, or do you just follow one person on Instagram? Because I so, find that I'll all of a sudden be scrolling on Instagram and it'll pop up like, like the full moon manifest, manifest, manifest. Right. And then I will be seeing it when it's like two days after. And I'm like, Oh, missed it again. Missed it again. Well, You like, actually don't miss it. So like, there's also, that's like a, a story too. So basically okay. it's like, it just is the day it is, it's like the peak of it, but it's not like this and then you're done. So I always <sighs> say like the most potent time is like three days up to, and three days after that's sort of like the peak of it. Um, not to plug myself, but I do moon workshops every new moon and every full moon. And we work with all different meditation. It's like a conversation. And then it is a breathwork meditation and it's a mantra meditation. And it's these Reiki baths, which are really powerful ways for you to journal and work with an intentional workup. And for where, because I'm not an astrologer, right? So I'm not the one reading the charts. So I go through, like, I literally go through different phases of different people that I read. I'll go like moon memes. I really like uh, forever conscious. I like, and there's like, I forget her name, but like I have her marked on my, um, on like the YouTube and I really like her reports. And then how I sit with it is I will often then take my lens, right? Cause one of the things that's super important to understand is, is that the lens that the stars are, you know, seen through is going to have, uh, an experience for us. Right. And so like when I read all of theirs, I'm like, okay, so then how does that, what does that make sense to me? And then I kind of come up with my own thing from there, but I'm not reading them. So, but like forever consciousness, I definitely love, I think that's her name forever conscious or forever consciousness. She's does great stuff and spirit daughter's great. And oh my God, I'm going to wind up, I'm going to find the girl on YouTube because she's like funny and she's, and in a million years, I would never think that I'd be drawn to her readings, but I love her readings. And then I kind of will sometimes also just search random, right? And be like, because I believe that often when you do kind of like a Google search of something specific, you're led to what you're supposed to read, mm -hmm. right? You're led to what, there's so many different interpretations as to what each moon means and like what each moment is. And like, I'll read all of them and I'll be like, wow, they all said like totally different things, right? And so like, what is resonating here for me? And that's kind of how I come up with my, what I call the moon reports. But in general, I think that you Google it and you see what resonates with you and you kind of work through there. And then the, mo the most important part, I think, is to understand the general gist of it and then to get super quiet and then mm -hmm. to get super quiet and to meditate with it and to really, really sit in, like, for example, this one, is really, really tied to like a future self version, right? It's like, how do I want to be? What do I want to do? Like, how do I want to feel, you know? And I don't have to worry about the details of getting there, but I can just sort of sit and like, if I could, how would I want to feel every day when I wake up? If I could, and let me wander. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, like, what are ways that I can feel that way now? Right now in this moment, how can I feel that, right? That's the energy of this moon. So for this moon, it's like sitting in for like a long period of time, quiet silence, a Reiki bath, any of those type of things. And it's just like, all right, like, how do I want to feel? And how can I feel that now? Right? I think that's and the most important question, maybe. 
Yeah. That we can ask ourselves, how do I want to feel? Because, you know, you're an expert as well in manifestation. And, and what I've learned a lot about manifestation is I think there's a misunderstanding uh, where people think, oh, I'm going to manifest that. You hear it all the time, right? And so people are like, there's this one specific thing that I want, and I'm going to just think about it over and over again. And I'm going to write that thing down over and over again. Or, you know, there's just a to me, I mean, and tell me what you think on this, but I think as far as I know, that's a little bit of a misunderstanding. I think manifestation is you have an idea of what you might want, but you're open to that looking different. So you ask yourself really, truly, like you said, how do you want to feel? And then you really try to, when you're meditating and doing breath work or, you know, those practices, you really try to embody that feeling of how you want to wake up and feel every day. And then it's just a a matter of allowing what comes to you and being open that it might look different than that thing that you think that you want so, so, so badly. Yeah. I think that the whole thing with manifestation is, is that like, ultimately the thing never matters. The thing doesn't matter. Right. Which is why you can see some people being like, when I get, you know, when I do, when I find da, 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 And then it's like, well, all those things happen and you're still miserable. Right. Because it's not, it has nothing to do with the thing. Right. It's all about like how we want to feel, whatever it is that we're trying to create, whatever it is we're trying to bring to us it's because it's going to make us feel a certain way is the belief, right? So one of the beautiful Mm. things about that is, is that I can tap into what I think it's going to feel like right now. I always work with this concept of future self, right? And it's very helpful when it comes to manifesting. And that idea is, is that there's a version of me that let's say wakes up feeling a certain way, right? And let's say she is doing something that is big in the world or whatever it is that it looks like that I believe that I want my future self to be right? And let's say it's a meditation teacher, right? So I, but I'm not even teaching it. I don't even have like an audience and I haven't even learned how to meditate, right? Or I haven't even started meditating yet, right? But I want to be a meditation teacher because I see it and it looks shiny. So what I do is I could sit with this future self version of me as I breathe and I'm like, okay, like how does she show up, right? Like what does she do? What are some of her daily habits, right? Okay. And how does that make her feel? All right. So like, what if I started doing some of those daily habits now so I can connect and pull in that version of me? So if I start to sort of connect with a future version of me that has the thing, right, I'm led to the thing, the steps and and the actions and the habits of that version of me. And if it's a version of me that I'm coming up with, it's a version of me that I know is possible or else I wouldn't come up with it. I make this joke all the time. My future self is never on a stage singing. Ever, I promise you, right? <laughs> and that's because that would never be able to happen. That's not, that wouldn't right. be my manifestation, right? It's not my skill set. Um, and so with that, it's like we have these versions of us that we know that we want to be, but we have all this fear and all this bull crap that kind of tells us that we can't do it. But, and then we take steps from the version of us that believes that we can't do it right? Which is why we often don't create it. But if I can connect to, right? So this is manifestation work I'm talking about. So if I can connect to that future version of me that is doing it and I could feel her and I can embody her and I can understand what her habits are. I can understand how she wakes up. I understand how she takes care of herself. Then what happens is I can start to take actions from that version of me right? Because I'm getting more and more connected to that version because I'm spending time with her every day. And from there, I'm actually already in the feeling of that thing I want to manifest, that thing I want to create. And then it becomes irrelevant 
as to if I wind up becoming the meditation teacher. I might actually wind up working in a corporate job, but I am like meditating every day and I am actually the people around me I'm having this beautiful effect on, right? Because I'm inspiring them to meditate. So on some level, I'm a meditation teacher, even though I'm actually at my corporate job, right? right. But because of me, 30 people just started to meditate. Right. And it's like, but I feel that already now. And so I think with manifestation, it's like the more we can connect whatever it is that we're trying to create, like, let's say it's relationship, right? It's like, if I had relationship, I would feel confident. I would feel taken care of. It's like, what can I do now to feel that way? How would I take care of myself? Right? Like, how would I be if I thought I was in a relationship? What are the things I would do? It's like, well, let me start doing that now. Right. Let me start start becoming that version of me now. And then I already feel good, which will then often attract the person who right. like wants to sit next to me in my feeling good, right? Not right. in the version of me that if, and if I was trying to manifest from like this version of me that believed I can only have this, right? If it was someone who like didn't have really great relationships in the past, then I'd keep on attracting that person who wasn't ready for a relationship. Right. But if I'm connected to the version of me that has that healthy, safe space, I'll start to take actions. And then the, pe- the partners who come around me I would automatically see the ones who weren't going to bring me where I want to go because I'd understand how I feel near them. Right. right. And like with major. manifestation, one of the things about like vision boards that are so interesting because I don't know if you've ever seen The Secret or like uh, I'm sure a lot of people in your audience have, but it's like, you know, they have this thing. It's like you build a vision board and then you sit on the couch. Right. And like, and then like <laughs> it just happened. Right. It just made me laugh. Yeah. But it's like, but, but, but people believe that. And like, so they're like, Jamie, so you don't believe in vision boards. I do believe in vision boards in the sense that if I take out these pictures and I take out these things that connect me with, let's say it's a yacht. Right. And it's like, oh, I want to be the person who like vacations on a yacht. Right. And so I put that version, that thing, all these yacht things like on my vision board and I sit in meditation, right. With that vision board near me. And I'm able to see that vision board all the time. Right. And in my meditations, I'm like, well, what kind of like, what would I be doing if I was the person who's on the yacht? Like, how would I spend my days? Like, who would I be with? Who would I hang out with? What might I do for a job? Right. All these different things that connect me to the version of me that would be on that yacht. So then what winds up happening is, is that every time I see that my subconscious mind can't help but think of the version of me that wants to be on the yacht, that is on the yacht. And then what right. winds up happening is I start taking steps and actions from the version of me that's on the yacht. And that's how I find myself like miraculously in situations that all of a sudden put you on the yacht. Right. That's like the be, do, have mentality. Who, you know, it's reverse engineering, right? Because, you know, that's, most people think, you know, they just constantly obsess over the thing that they want to (laughs) have. And it's so backwards. It is so backwards. You cannot just focus all your energy on the thing that you want to have. You begin with the be. Who do I need to be Yep. in order to manifest these things tangibly in my life. So it means, you know, you, you ask yourself, what, what personality traits do I have? What not, and not, we're not talking about personality traits in terms of you being someone else, someone that you're not. It's which, what personality traits do you already have that you just need to activate and, and, and bring more to like the playing field, you know, the forefront of who you are. So I, I and think also, anyways. and understanding also like what habits of that yeah. version of you, well, right? That's the because, do, right? Yeah. But it's like really, really focusing on it. So then you take moon work back into this, right? So it's like in my, right. So tomorrow is the peak of the new moon in Pisces, right? So it's like, okay, so I'm going to be dreaming into this state and I'm going to be setting intentions from that state, 
right? But then two weeks from now, I might look at my journal and be like, okay, I said all these things, but like, what's been blocking me? Is there a habit that's blocking me? Is there a way that I'm looking at things that's blocking me? Like, what is it that's happening where I know I want this, but like in the past two weeks, none of my actions have lined up with that, right? Mm. So like, what is it that I need to remove so that I can start taking more aligned actions? Because we know a habit, you know, Our subconscious mind is so incredibly strong, right? And it's any thought, pattern, habit, memory, everything that we've ever experienced up until this moment, right, is going to be in your subconscious mind. And so that's the rule, right? Like that's the thing that's going to be the first thing to go forward. And so what we're constantly trying to do is have more conscious action so that we're not repeating the habits, the patterns, and all those things of the past, right? Which is why we want to connect. Conscious action is coming from, again, so... You're either in a place of choice, which is conscious, or reaction coming from the subconscious, right? Like those are the two places. Part of why we meditate is, is that it's like you extend time so that when you're about to go into reaction, it's like, oh, no, 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 Jamie. This is that thing you do that always turns up in disaster, right? So let me choose something differently. And then I know I've made a conscious choice. And so... Really, again, why like the, the daily meditation practice becomes so powerful is because you're extending these moments and you're connected to your future self. And so when I'm about to take an action, I'm about to be in a reactionary space, I'm like, wait, who's making that? Present me or future me, right? Who's making this choice right now? You know, it's that other thing that really talks about, um, you know, that saying, it's like, you always have to think about like, am I doing this for right now or later? right? Like in my decision-making thing, I want to make sure like I know. And sometimes you're like, no, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right, right. now. Like I'm going, I'm doing this because right now this is what I want to do. And sometimes that's okay. But if you're right. always choosing right now, you're going to stay right where you are. Right. Ooh. And so you want to make yeah. sure that a bunch of your choices are made from a future goal, a future thing, because, you know, motivation is not always there, but the commitment right? Is what actually gets you to the goal. It's not the motivation because the motivation is fleeting, right? And totally. it's about getting, getting yourself to do the thing on the days that you really don't want to do the thing. <laughs> There's a lot of those days. There's a lot of those. I struggle with those days. I, I mean, I think everyone does. And anyone who says that they don't is, is lying, but that's why we have it's to true. consciously make choices, you know, to be like, okay, but like part of why I think it's so easy for us to not want to make the choice to change is because we're comfortable, we think, where we are, right? And then there's a disbelief that like, can we actually have that thing? And what if we acknowledge that we really want to do the work to get to that thing? And that's uncomfortable. But in reality, a comfort zone isn't comfortable because we know that there's so much more, but we, it's just familiar. It's just familiar. And so we have to do uncomfortable things to break the cycle of familiarity. I can never pronounce that word, right? But we have to like break that cycle, you know? And so that's going to be disrupting it. And you disrupt it by noticing, becoming aware of when you're about to go back into that habit, back into that pattern and be like, you know what? I'm going to choose again. I'm going to choose again, you know? And knowing that if you sometimes choose, you know, to stay in the old one, that's okay, but I don't continuously choose it. Right. So I, I, right. I chose it once and that's okay. And now next time I'm going to choose differently, you know, right. Next time I'm going to, you know, choose from my future self perspective and how does she operate? What does she want? What is she, you know, how does she make the decision right here? Yep. Exactly. And exactly. 
you know, how can, I mean, what holds us back though? Like how can our belief systems kind of hold us back from making our dreams, our realities? And I love something else you wrote. I, I think I read it on your website, but, uh, you cannot micromanage the divine. I was like, so that's maybe a separate question, but yeah, that, our, belief that's a separate systems, <laughs> our belief systems and micromanaging the divine. Well, I guess they're, they're, they're sort of, they're sort of um, connected, right? In the sense yeah. that when we feel like we're in trust, we're not in a major control zone, right? We don't think that we know all the answers. It goes back to kind of what you were saying at the beginning that like manifesting, like it might look different right? If I'm not trusting that there's universe, God, source, whatever it is that you want to believe that you're connected to, right? Like I believe we're all connected to the stars, right? And so it's like, there is this thing that leads me, right? And I know that I'm being led and it's, we co-create together, right? And so it's like that whole thing of, if not this, something better. It's like, I know, I got it. I thought I wanted this. I get it. You say, no, I'm going to trust you, right? But if I, but that's because I trust, I trust myself, I trust whatever that guide is that that leads me. If I'm in a state where I am not in trust, right, and I don't believe I can have it, then I'm going to be super controlling. It must look this way. It must look this way. No, it can't look this way. And I'm going to hold on this. And we know how hard it is to manifest and create anything from this. And usually when you're doing that, it's because you are doing it from a version of you that doesn't have the thing and doesn't believe that you can. Right. And then you make choices based on that version of you. And so we're constantly wanting to make sure that like we're making choices from the version of us that is feeling the way, living the way, being the way, not the one that is stuck, right? And I think that a lot of removing block work is about, you know, meditation process. One of the things about meditation is, is that it's kind of like instead of the feelings all feeling here right? And all the thoughts are here. And it's like, oh my God, it's so close. It's so close. It's like, they're out here, right? And we have a separation from us and them. So we understand Mm -hmm. separate. And then we can process. We can process and we can see like different possibilities and different possibilities and different possibilities. And from there, we can see some of the things that normally stop us, not as a bad thing, but as a different thing. I can move my lens, right? I can see it differently. I can say like, okay, I'm always saying that like, that always happens that way. Well, maybe I can see times that actually happened in my life differently, but I'm just right. saying always, right? You know the term like always and never are never true, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And, you know, and it's like when we start to like feel bad about something, we start to think like, oh, this never works or like, you know, I can't create the thing and then that, that often stops us, right? When if instead we took a breath and we're like, okay, is that true? Have I never really been able to create? Have I never really been able to manifest? Like, let me look at my life and some of the things I've created for myself and be like, oh man, oh, you did that. Oh, oh, okay. And we did that. Right. And so it's understanding like part of what's so important. And again, going back to moon work, what I love is like you revisit each moon cycle, right? So each new moon, I'll revisit sort of what my intentions were from the past. And like, you could notice it's like, I did that. And I did that, right? Because you're not necessarily putting these huge things on that are like impossible for you to see any progress in. Like, I don't believe in I think very few people are able to manifest like a five-year out plan, right? Because that's really far away. I agree with that wholly. Yeah. And I think that some people, it's okay to manifest five now, five minutes from now, 
right? Yeah. I want to feel differently five minutes from now. And then hopefully they can expand it and be like a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, right. a few months, I think you know? I've, I personally, on a personal note, I find three months is a really good sweet spot for me. Yeah. Like totally. I can set some goals, big goals for myself, lofty ones even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't ever try and go more than three months out. I really don't. I stay within a three month time period and then work towards things on that, in that, in that way. And I would even say to you, like, screw the calendar, right? Like, like we don't like, yeah, that's some way that we sort of decide that time is like, you know, calculated, but at the same time, it's more of like, I can look and see like what it is I want to create and what it is I, uh, my intentions are and what I want. And then I can look the following month and be like, did I take steps? That's all I want to know. Am I closer? Right. Right. Because you know that like when you're creating things, it could be like, um, like the first like year of something could be like, oh, I'm like drugging on. It's like, oh no. And someone will give up. But it's like, you keep on drugging on. And then all of a sudden year two, it's like, bam. And you're like, oh, all of that created this. You know, Bethany Frankel is one of my favorite lines. She said, it took me 10 years to become an overnight success. Right. Oh yeah. You know, and and it's a great I don't think that's her line though. Is (laughs) it not? I've heard tons of people say that. Oh, I really? Like. I'm giving her credit forever on that line. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it, that's the truth, though. I mean, you know what? Let's go with it because I love her. So, like, it's hers. Yeah. Let's just call it I mean, it she's hers. a powerhouse, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's understanding that, like, all of our failures, all of the things that we've ever created are 100% part of what a get us there. freaking men. It's so and true. The, and the more conscious we are about that and the more awareness, it's just making sure that, like, every month, right? Because of the, the moon cycle, right? It's like, we're doing it as a month as opposed to like the first of the month. And it's like, did I take actions that are aligned with what I wanted to create? Right. right? And if not in that like moon cycle, and when I'm going to that full moon, it's like, what stopped me? What stopped me? Right. 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 And, and how can I do that more differently? And acknowledging even the small things that I've done. One of the things that's really um, important when we're trying to change a habit or, or um, remove a block is becoming aware of all the things that we do right. All the yeah, things. Yeah, you've got to be proud right. of yourself along the way. I'm a big, big fan of that as well. And, and, and acknowledging your mini successes as well as the big ones, but acknowledging how far you've come, acknowledging the things that you're doing right, acknowledging that like you're not some giant failure because we just so easily go down the rabbit hole of like all the things we're not doing right and every failure is like the one thing we focus on instead of focusing on all like the million things that we do really, really well. Yeah, and really celebrating them and really celebrating celebrating any type of progress we've made. Like I joke around a lot. Like I, I used to have a lot of rage. Right. And my husband would be like, there are times I see that rage still coming through. And it's like, yeah, cause I'm not perfect, but oh man, right. have we made some progress. Right? right. Like we have made a lot of progress and like, I'm never going to be this like docile, like, you know, really, really calm and fiery. Right. And I, what you. I said to him yeah. recently is that like, I love that about me. Like, I'm never going to change that. I don't want it to be completely reactionary. I want to know when I'm in like a fit of um, intensity that like it is warranted, right? Like the passion that I'm feeling behind the thing is actually the thing I'm talking about as opposed to And it's to probably being... just a full moon. Right. <laughs> he's, he's like going to stay away during those times, right? Yeah. But it's like really just understanding that like, okay, like maybe I did lose it on you, right? And like, you know, I joke around, but like my husband and my relationship is like such an 
I, I imagine with so many partnerships, right? It's just such a beautiful place for me to learn and grow constantly, you know? And one of the things is, is like understanding, like I used, I grew up in a house of yellers, right? So that's a pattern or habit of me, right? My parents are madly in love with each other. They have been married like 50 something years, but like mm-hmm. it is normal for them to be in like a Seinfeld episode of them screaming at the top of the lungs at each other. And then two seconds later, laughing and hugging, right? Like that's mm-hmm. just how they are. They, my husband's super conservative, like none of that happens, right? And so it's definitely was a big learning curve for us because I didn't see what the big deal was, right? right. So it was normal to me. It was, it, it was a version of love, right? Subconsciously, right. I'm repeating the pattern. Right. But I chose, I chose a husband that wanted that cycle to stop. Right. right. And, so, like, well. <laughs> and so from that, it's like, I'm not perfect, right? But like there are, I see the progress of the fact that like maybe once a month it happens. I'm like, and that is progress, you know? And I'm going to celebrate that as opposed to after it happening, dwelling on it, spinning, being like, does this work? Am I even doing anything? I'm such a hypocrite. I say that you should control right. your own thoughts, right? Instead, I'm like, I forgive myself. Because I'm never going to look for perfe- I'm never going to look for perfection, but I'm always going to look for progress, and that was progress, right? Yeah, and that keeps you going, right? Never yeah. look for perfection. Always look for progress. Ugh, it's it's so true. And it's honestly, I feel like I say this all the time on this podcast. But the 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 biggest golden nuggets, like the biggest takeaways, they're always simple. Mm-hmm. They're always so simple. It's always like a very, very simple thing to consider that you just like, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. But the, pro- but the reason why we can't access that, those simple things is because we're in a reactionary space, right? right? So it's like, that's why that your daily meditation practice becomes such an important thing in your life because right. you can feel the reaction about to come up and then you can have a breath, right? You can activate the parasympathetic body. And in that moment, you're like, Oh, that's right. Progress, not perfection. Okay. Right. Okay. I forgive myself. Right. And like, and right. that's how we move it, you know, and that's how we change it. Right. So, uh, to, to dive into meditation a bit, um, you even asked me, uh, before we began this call, like if I have my own personal practice and I do, uh, I feel like mine's kind of, let me not talk shit about my meditation practice. Cause that's what I was about to do. I'm like, I just turn on an app and I'm like, guide me. Right. So, uh, I read in your blog post that you are a big fan of, and I, I don't even know this practice curtain Kriya. So curtain Kriya is a Kundalini. Kriya. Kriya is a okay, it's Kundalini, Kundalini meditation. So okay. Kundalini and this med- is what you love. And I want to know why you love it. Okay. I, I love Kundalini meditations, which are going to be a compilation of, there's like tons of different Kriyas, which are like sets of meditations, right? Mm-hmm. And they either have mantra or they have breath mm-hmm. and, or movement, right? Or a combination mm-hmm. of all of them. And it's really beautiful because there's so much that goes on in Kundalini with the whole subconscious mind. And one of the things that is beautiful is we talk about mantra again. So, right. So like mantra, if you talk, if you think about your subconscious mind, like we're constantly having a voice running inside, right? We constantly have that thing, whether you hear it or not, you have some version of that happening. And it often is the bully, right? It's the one who's like talking shit and like, basically, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but, um, (laughs) um, talking, you know, and like, um, you know, telling you you're not good enough and, and really 
showing you all the times that you like didn't do it perfectly. Right. Right. And so what we want to be able to do is we want that pattern to be removed. And in the very simple form, you can do it with mantra. So if you have, let's say, a 40 day practice with Kirtan Kriya, what you're doing, sa-ta-na-ma, For those of you who are listening, I'm tapping my thumb to each finger with each syllable. Right. So, 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 sata nama. You're doing that over again. And then you do a whisper and then you go silently where you hear your voice saying it in your head. And then you go forth. Right. And it's about 11 minutes and there's also longer versions of it. And that particular meditation, if we're thinking about that mantra and we're doing it every day, part of what will happen, right, on the very basic level is that I don't hear the bully, I hear the mantra. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I used to work to walk to work um, when I owned a restaurant on the Lower East Side and I would like walk to work and just like really just think about all the things I hated about myself and all the things of how everyone around me was better than me, you know. And when I started having my daily practice with mantra, I didn't. I didn't hear that anymore. I just literally would hear like satanama, satanama. And it replaced that, right? One of the things also about Kirtan Kriya is, is that there's different anchor points. So in general, we meditate, I believe, to train the mind, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can have control of the mind, kind of like a workout, right? It's a muscle that we're, that we're um, training. So if I'm doing satanama, right, and I want to go into... I want to be able to wander a little bit because the wander is when the trance-like state happens. It's in the trance-like state that we actually can make long change and deep change, right? right. So I'm doing it, but now I'm thinking of like, like my to-do list. I'm thinking of the thing I have to do. I have to go pick up right. my laundry. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not what I want to be thinking about. Let me go back to the touch. All right, I have an anchor point. Okay, let me, what does it feel like as my fingers tap each other? What does it sound like when I say sa, ta? Nama. What does she sound like? Because you're doing it to a song, right? What does her voice sound like, right? How do I feel? And I can move myself back, right? Or I'm ruminating because my boss says something to me and now I'm like freaking out about something, right? right? So every time my voice, my thing goes there, I'm allowed, I have moments where I can bring it back. And right. what it is, is it's literally a training that you're doing in the 11 minute version, let's say, where you might have to consistently move your mind. Oh, I'm going to get fired. Sa -ta. Oh no. Sa -ta. Right. Mm, Constantly back right. and forth and back and forth. But let's say you have to do it a thousand times. And someone's like, that was the worst meditation I ever had. No, it probably was the best. Right. Because you, you did that repetitive motion. You saw that even for a moment, you were able to move your mind back to Sa. You were able to Do you move need it back. to know what the mantra means? Is that necessary? I actually don't believe you do. So there are translations okay. in, um, so Gramukti is the language of Kundalini. Okay. And while like there are write-ups and like I'll show people write-ups and stuff, um, it's, so we're all made of sound. Right. So it's like we're all like moving. Right. Like we're not as solid as we think. And sound is one of the most beautiful ways that we can actually have an experience. I'm sure you've been to sound baths and such. Right. And it's yep. like you don't know what's yep. happening, but like you come out of there and you're like, whoa. Right. Oh, so a good one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a good yeah. one. <laughs> and what does that show us? It shows us that like sound has incredible you know, ability to change us and to move us. Right. And we don't need to know what it is. I almost think you're better off not knowing what it is, because, again, the way the subconscious mind works, it's association. So if it's an affirmation, but I don't believe in the affirmation and I keep on repeating it, sometimes that can be sort of like a betrayal. Right. Because mm. I'm saying it. Yeah. It's like, I am amazing, but I actually think I'm a piece of crap. Like, that's not actually helping me. Instead, that's getting me to, like, be in disbelief. So I have to have 
something that almost means nothing, right? I agree with that. And then because it's a sacred language, it's a vibrational exchange that happens. And so the mantra does have a very deep meaning, but you don't need to know what the translation is. I'll give you an example. When you're doing Kundalini, you tune in, right? Ong namo gurudev namo. You say it three times. And it's like, the general thing is like, I bow to the wisdom. It's like, all right, I bow to wisdom. It means nothing to me, right? It means nothing to me. It's like, but what does it mean? It means I'm calling in all of my wisdom, all of my guides, all of my angels, anything I need to know, please let it move through me. Let me know what knowledge I need to have. Let me know where I need to go, right? That's an experience, Mm -hmm. Right. And so every time I tune in, I have that experience. I don't have a translation of what that looks like. Right. And so I think that that's where the translations get tricky. Same thing with Satnam. You know, I am truth. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, I am truth really means like I am the version of me that remembers that I came from the stars. I'm the version of me that knows that like I can create anything I want and that I'm a miracle. That's my true me. That is my truth. Right, it's but all you don't of really our true me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean for everyone. Yeah, which is really something we forget too, you know. And that's base layer of manifestation is reminding yourself that the fact that you're here is a miracle. You are a miracle. You are anyone who's ever. Um, I went through a whole fertility journey, which I won't get into. But I have a beautiful. I read sign. the whole blog yeah. and I sent it. to I loved it. Thank you. We can but- get into it. <laughs> Well, I will say that one of the things with that, right, is like anyone who's going through any type of fertility journal journey, whatever that looks like, you have a first row seat to realize understanding like it's a miracle that any of us are here. Like yeah. the amount of things that have to go right <laughs> in order for us to like be here is kind of it's astounding. And so when I and how think can you about not that, believe in like a divine larger force in your life, in the world that like, I don't know. And then it it does really make you believe, I think for me, like in the stars and the planets aligning and all of the things that, that occurred and the exact moment in which you entered this world and this planet and where the sun was and where the moon was and where you physically were and like all of the things that had to go wrong before it happened and all the things that went right. Yes. And, and that just like divine moment, it really is so incredibly powerful. I mean, I, I try to tell myself and remind myself that all the time. I'm like, man, like you could say to yourself, there's no, there's nothing wrong with saying to yourself, like I am special. I have my, I have my work. I have a, a group coaching thing. Right. And, um, I can uh-huh. curse on here. Right. Like, yes, I, you can. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, I literally probably at least once a class, I'm like, let's all remember we're fucking miracles. And like, we uh-huh. never need to forget that because it's more, like my work with my son, like my husband thinks I'm crazy. Cause he's like very logical. Like we're so different and so beautiful and so perfect. But like, he's like all of this and like, I'll that literally, like my, my boyfriend, <laughs> I'll literally sit, but it's great because like he gives it me is. the grounding that I can like dig into so I can fly oh, to the yes, stars. Because exactly. I will take I will literally lift off. My feet yep. will leave the ground. I will be out somewhere floating in the universe. I will be like quitting my job and I'll be like, it's fine. The universe will provide. It's always been fine. It'll always be fine. That's who I am. Or, or my ego takes control and I just like, you know, can just be a total freaking brat. Um, but yeah, same. He like grounds me and like, he's way more logistical thinking and it is really 
like the perfect, like I, I need I hundred percent believe in the opposite thing, even though it like, it's part of why my rage comes out <laughs> oh, <laughs> because we're so, oh, we're so opposite. But um, at the same time, like it's mad, like he calls all my crystals around the house. He's like the rocks, but he loves them because he loves rocks. Cause he's like into yeah. science. Right. So it's like, yeah. it works. We find a way to make it work. But like he laughs cause I sit for at least a half an hour every single morning with my son being like, you are a miracle. You come from the stars. Everything is possible. Anything is possible. Like all of his sheets are stars and moons. His little sleep sacks are all stars and moons. I want to like create his whole ceiling to be like a planetarium. I'm like, mm. it is my job to make sure that he remembers that he came from the stars every single moment of his life. Because in that remembrance, it is, it's like, you know, um, A Course in Miracles. I don't know if you've ever done any work with it, but the whole basic thing of a year long course of it is really just remembering that like, we have to remember where we came from. And as we're born into this world, right, we are in complete remembrance of the miracle that we are and we just forget, right? Mm-hmm. Just forget. And so the whole journey is on, you know, our life journey is just to keep remembering, keep remembering mm-hmm. the specialness that we are. And then from that, I, you know, understanding that, like, there's nothing that we want to create that we can't create. If we have the desire for it, right, and we do the work, which often isn't like hustling. It's like sitting, getting quiet, acknowledging what you want, and then taking aligned, beautiful steps and flow to get there. We can have whatever we want. We can have whatever we want. And knowing that it might look different. And often it does, and it looks a thousand times better. And it feels even better than we could have even imagined. You know? Right. But it's that initial dream, even if it doesn't work out the way you thought it would, it's that initial dream that leads you to the place yeah. you end up. And so, and so there's a lot of power in that too. And I think it's understanding that like everything leads us to where we want to be. It just is a quicker route if it's conscious action. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I think that like, you know, I don't think that we mess up and then like, we can't have the thing, but I think like the more conscious choices we make, the more we're directing the ship in the direction that we want it to go. You know, and then understanding yeah. also, like, I had a restaurant and I had to close it. And um, I bawled my eyes out, you know, when I closed it. I remember how painful it was. A memory came up recently on, like, Facebook or maybe it was even Instagram. And I was like, that was so painful. But, like, all of that had to happen so I could be doing this. And this is so much more magical. And even though that was really hard, even having the restaurant dealing with it, it was like a raw food vegan restaurant. I would get like a course in miracles, just spiritual text that I was te- that we would teach from, and so there's all these beautiful things that happened there. But it was a very hard, hard, painful time in my life because running a restaurant is really hard, especially in New York City. And I now remember that like all of those hard things, while they were so painful in those moments, 100% are why I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, and so whenever anything else is hard and difficult that's happening, it's like I don't know why right now, but, but there will it. be a moment where I will know why this happened and what it will wind up leading to, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm all in on that. I believe yeah. in that. I mean, I'm to the fullest and everything happens for a reason person. Whenever shit happens, whenever things happen where I'm like, this is shitty. I feel like shit. I am sad. I am broken. I failed. I fill in the blank, terrible, awful emotion, I immediately ask myself, yeah. what's the good in this? Where is it leading me? And, I, and I'm okay with not having the answer to that question yeah. all the time. But I remind myself that 
that time heals, not all wounds. Cause I, actually I hate that. I hate that scratch that time heals all wounds. I hate that so much, yeah. but yeah. time breeds understanding. That's how Brian, I uh, yeah, it, it, what it does is I think that time helps you have a different perspective, right? I know I'm going to understand it at a certain point. I know it will make sense to me. I have to get some time underneath my belt to understand why this thing is happening, why this is going on, why this is occurring. But I know that there will be a day that will emerge that I will say like, okay, I understand that now because now I have this perspective or now I have this thing, or now I have this, you know, whatever it is. And I believe that. Yeah. And I think that that goes into the whole understanding of like, it's not that we're not, we, we do want to get sad, right? We do want to have like those moments and we don't need to automatically look for that beautiful next moment or look for the lesson. And like, no, like right now it sucks. Right now it's shit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the important thing to remember is that in that this too shall pass, right? So it's like this moment sucks, right? but I know that this moment won't last forever, right? right? I yeah. know that right, suffering is the idea that the, the pain won't end, Right. And it's like, no, this is painful right now. And in time it will feel different. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as long as I know that it's not this, I think that like one of the things that, um, we have like, is like someone once explained it to my friend, Robin explained it to me with like children. And she was like, part of why they tantrum out and part of why they freak out is, is that they don't know that this moment won't end because they don't have enough experience. Right? right. And so like they're sitting sense. there and they're having this terrible thing because they think they'll never get the thing that you are giving them. They think they'll never get fed again if they're hungry. Right. Whatever it is that's happening for them, they don't know that this, the suffering will end. Right. But as an adult, we have many more experience to be like, wow, that was really painful and I'm okay. Right. And it moved, you know, and then obviously finding, finding something learnable and beautiful. And then also, you know, being honest and self-reflective and seeing our part in situations that happen and like, taking feedback and knowing, you know, that we are all part of it and that if something keeps on happening to us, you know, we might be the common denominator (laughs) and therefore we might need to like look at some of our actions and stuff like that. And maybe that's the gift in it, you know, is that, I mean, that goes back to everything you teach and everything that you practice, which is the inner work, right? Constantly diving into ourselves because we, we are, we're constantly getting to know ourselves around this journey, you know, getting to know ourselves throughout our entire lives. And it's, it's a situation, it's, it's something that's constantly occurring and never stops. And so doing that inner work to get to know the new version of you that arrives every single day, uh, Mm -hmm. and understanding who that person is and what that person wants. And, and then, you know, asking that current person, what your future person wants and, just being in touch with ourselves. Yeah. And, and, and knowing that like, it doesn't have to be miserable, you know, like someone, I remember there was like a while that was like going on on like Instagram and it was like, everyone's obsessed with healing and they're just like mucky and they're healing all the time. And it's like, and they were going off on it basically and being like, this is like, screw the wellness world. It's so stupid. And it's like, well, no, I think that we actively get to work on our healing. I think we actively get to look at our past and see it differently. I think that we actively get to choose a future and I think we can have ton of fun while we're doing it, you know? And I think that it can be both. And I think that like it, you know, one of the things about meditation is, is that like, we can get these perspectives on our past even, right? Things that were really, really painful and like see it differently, feel it differently in the body. And, and it doesn't have to be us re-experiencing the pain of that moment, right? It's like seeing it differently and switching a, a lens on it, right? Because there's so many different versions and there's so many different stories that we tell about our past that happened completely differently than we think they did. 
right? But it's through right. the lens that we looked at it, you know? And understanding that, like, it's a curiosity that we do a lot of this work. It doesn't have to be this, like, I'm not happy till I'm healed. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. happy while I'm working on it. You happy know? while I'm healing. Yeah, 100%. And 100%. And, and understanding that, like, we're always healing something right? Because we're always growing. And then we're also always, you know, one of the things that's important for everyone to remember, because sometimes people who have a lot, they're like, who am I to want more? You are you. You should want more. It's okay to want more. You know, there's also that whole thing of like, don't be overproductive. It's like, well, is that okay? Like to keep on wanting more? It's different than, so the difference with like, when you were saying how you reverse engineer it, which I love how you use that. And the funny thing is a lot of um, the women in my groups will either send the husbands to me or they'll like, let them listen to the lectures and stuff. And he, one of them, one of my clients told me that like her husband was like, she reverse engineers all the stupid goal books that I've been doing this whole time. Cause she has me feeling good now. Right. I'm not waiting to have the thing. I feel good now. Right. And it's like, and then I take actions from that space. And so it's like, if I'm going through life that way, then there's no reasons for me not to keep on creating more goals and doing more things and wanting more because I keep on evolving. Right. Right, So there'll be keep on being a new version right after that thing. And it's not that I'm waiting for that thing to be happy because I'm happy now. Right. But once I have that thing, then there might be more things and that's okay. It's actually beautiful. It's calling evolving. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're feeling good. Now, the difference is when it becomes problematic is if that it's when I have that thing, I'll be happy, right? And, right. and you're waiting to have that thing because then you will always be chasing. And then Constantly. that's something completely And never different. be happy. Yeah, and never be happy, no matter what you attain, even if you're on that yacht, you know, that we're talking right. about. Right. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, one last question for you so yeah. I won't take up too much of your time today. Um, I end every interview the same way and with the same question, which is, what is one or the greatest piece of advice that you would give your younger self? You know, I'm actually going to steal this from a Lady Gaga thing I saw because I thought it was so Great. brilliant and I wouldn't have ended it this way. But she says... I wouldn't tell them anything. I'd let them live exactly as they are because they became me and I love me, you know? And like when she said that, she said it much even more eloquently than that. But like it really, when I heard that, I was like, whew. I'm I like, that was pretty I, eloquent. Oh, thank you. She said it differently, but it was, it was the essence of that, right? Because it's like, yeah, like would, I wouldn't interfere. I wouldn't interfere. Yeah. You know, I love it. Um, and I think it's a really, um, oh, I love it. Like I have chills really just thinking of that, like little clip that someone showed on Instagram. So one of the good things about social media, I got a good I little know. thing. There, so that's how I answer that question of them now. Out there. A couple of good <laughs> yeah. things. Um, there's a lot of great things. That. There's yeah. a lot of great things as long as you, you know, are mindful with it. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being You're on welcome. Jamie. I really enjoyed our, our talk today. Thank you for having me. All right. I told you guys that Jamie was, she's just like super, uh, real and inspiring human. Uh, so this episode was really just about, I think, manifesting your dream life and knowing that you have the ability to access your future self and to live your life today from that perspective. And that's something that I'm kind of like hooking my heels into uh, from this episode and releasing our attachment to all of the details and really just allowing whatever the universe has in store for every single one of us. And one of my personal biggest takeaways was she mentioned that the desire would not live within you if it wasn't possible. 
So when we feel discouraged about our big dreams and we feel discouraged about where we're headed or what we're doing or where we're going or the dream that we have and if we can make it happen, when we feel discouraged about those things, like remind yourself, like the desire is there for a reason. It exists within you for a reason and it wouldn't be there if it wasn't possible for you to access. And then just knowing that it might turn out a little bit different then you expect it might look a little bit different, but nonetheless, that desire can be achieved within your life. If you can physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually feel it within you. So that is what I will leave you with today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed this conversation. Um, make sure you follow Jamie on Instagram at organically Jamie, follow me at Victoria Brown, follow the podcast handle at very best self subscribe five stars and leave a review. If you have the time, we much appreciate it. Um, that's it for, for us today. You guys, I will see you next week. Love you. Mean it. Bye.